Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Payton Doyle, host of the Payton Doyle Show. I hope you all are having a fantastic day today. And today is a very special day. Today is the first Peyton Doyle show that is going to come out on YouTube. So if you want, go check that out. Go look up Peyton Doyle show on YouTube. Go subscribe. Go like this. And let's begin. So on Thursday, the NFL released schedule for this upcoming season. That's mostly what I'll be talking about today. I'll give you all my predictions for division winners and division losers. But first, I want to give my two cents on the Last Dance documentary. And why it's showing why LeBron is just totally different. He's just a totally different player than Michael Jordan. Let me start off by saying... I am a huge LeBron James fan. I have a personal connection to LeBron. I'm from Canton, Ohio, and most of my family still lives there. That's right outside of Akron, Ohio. It's actually the same area code where LeBron grew up. My dad actually ran an Einstein Bagels in the early 2000s in the Canton-Akron area. And when LeBron was in high school, he'd go eat there sometimes. I'm a huge Cavs fan. And probably one of the best days of my life so far was Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals. That 3-1 comeback. I'll never forget the feeling of that day. So I am a LeBron fan, and I mean absolutely no hate when I say this, but Michael Jordan is in his own stratosphere when it comes to competitiveness and willingness to win and greatness. Michael Jordan had a killer instinct that never turned off. He brought it in practice, regular season, postseason. It didn't matter. Michael was going to bring it no matter what. Now, I never watched Michael Jordan play, so everything I'm saying is based off the stories I've heard or this documentary. But Jordan didn't want to be friends. He wanted to win. He didn't want anyone to have anything over him. We saw that when he went out in Game 1 of the 1992 Finals against Portland, hitting six three-pointers after people said that Clyde Drexler was a better shooter than him. MJ didn't care. He wanted to be the best every single game, every single practice, every single shot, every single possession. He wanted to be the best. He wanted to embarrass you. He wanted his opponents to feel like they shouldn't even be playing basketball, like they should retire after they play him. He was vicious, and he was feared by everyone. Michael Jordan is the most competitive player in the history of sports. LeBron... Approaches the game differently. He works hard. He plays hard. But he doesn't have the same killer instinct that Jordan had. LeBron has shown us that when he does turn on his killer instinct, there's absolutely nothing that anyone can do to stop him. But he doesn't have it on every single time he steps on the court like Jordan did. If LeBron always had this killer instinct, the Heat would have definitely beat the Mavs in 2011. We saw him turn it on in 2016 against Golden State. That was, that was incredible, the run after they went down 3-1. He dropped 41-41, then a triple-double in Game 7. And LeBron is the best Game 7 player of all time. He turns on his killer instinct in Game 7. The difference is, Jordan wouldn't let it get to Game 7. He brought it in Game 1, 2, 3, 4, and if needed, 5, 6, and 7. It didn't matter. I feel like this is why they're just two separate players. They approach the game with two different mentalities, 
And that's what that's what's missing from from LeBron at times. He's not mean. He's not a jerk. People aren't scared of LeBron at every moment. People were scared of Michael. It didn't matter if it was his teammates in practice going against him. It didn't matter if it was just a regular season game. That didn't matter. People feared Michael Jordan at all times, every single time he was on the court. It's not the same for LeBron. I feel like that's why LeBron gets hate from guys like Skip Bayless. They want LeBron to remind them of MJ when LeBron doesn't want to be MJ. He wants to be LeBron. It's a really it's a really great documentary, though. I love it a lot. Okay, now, let's get into division winners and division losers for the NFL now that the schedule is out. So, starting off, I'm going to start off with the AFC North. This one was pretty easy. Baltimore is going to win this division. However, I believe Cleveland is going to put up a pretty strong fight this season. Baltimore is still clear favorites to win this division. They have the best team, and while Lamar hasn't won a postseason game, he still is more proven than Baker Mayfield. The Ravens also have the easiest schedule based on 2019 opponent win percentage. I say 12 and 4 for the Ravens this season. I think that's what they're going to. I think I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to go 12 and 4. They're going to split with Cleveland and Pittsburgh probably, and they have a tough. Uh, they have a tough game week three against the Chiefs. Obviously, of course, the Chiefs. You know, defending Super Bowl champs. That's going to be a tough game. Then they have another game that they can lose is is Philly. Or in week 11, they play Tennessee, which will be a tough matchup for them after they lost them in the postseason last year, the divisional round. So I see Baltimore, 12-win team this season. Not 14 wins like last year. 12-win team this this season and division champs for sure. The, The loser of the AFC North is also going to be easy to choose as well. It's Cincinnati. And yes, I know I've been defending Cincinnati in recent episodes saying... That they aren't as bad as they seem and that Joe Burrow should fit in well there. But this season will not equate to instant success for the Bengals and Joe Burrow, I believe. Sports are in a very, very weird place right now. OTAs, minicamp, training camp, all may not occur occur this season. Joe Burrow is going to be missing out on time with his teammates. He's going to have trouble getting into rhythm with his wide receivers and getting an actual feel for the offense they're going to be doing installs on Zoom, you know, stuff like that, you know. All young quarterbacks have a little bit of a disadvantage this season that other young quarterbacks didn't have before them. And I think it will show on the field this year because guys like Big Ben, they don't need training camp. Drew Brees, he doesn't need OTAs. Aaron Rodgers, he could show up, play the game. It doesn't matter. These veterans, they'll be fine regardless of the circumstance. So I see Cincinnati struggling this season, but That doesn't mean I don't believe in Joe Burrow. I just see him having a rough rookie season. So next division, we have the AFC East. My winner in the AFC East has to be the Buffalo Bills. I am certainly on the Josh Allen bandwagon this season. I've been on it since he was in college. I wanted the Browns to take him instead of Baker Mayfield with the number one overall pick. That obviously didn't happen. Josh Allen is really going to show us all this season that he's here. He's here. He finally has a number one option at wide receiver with Stefan Diggs. And now they, they still have John Brown. And John Brown, who quietly had a very, very great season last year, caught for over 1,000 yards. Those are two speedsters with a quarterback who has a bazooka for an arm. The Bills are going to be surprisingly explosive this season, which they weren't last year, but they will be this year. 
Their schedule is pretty tough, though. They have a four-game stretch against the Rams. Then they have to travel to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. And then they have to go to Tennessee for to play the Titans. And then they come back home. And then they have to face Kansas City. That's, that's a four-game stretch. It's going to be a difficult one. They have to play the AFC West. Tough division. And the NFC West. Tough division. Both of those divisions, probably two of the best divisions in the NFL. So it's not going to be easy for the Bills. But they are in a weak division. So I'd say the Bills go 10-6. and six, And that should be good enough to win the AFC this, this season. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a good number. Because the Jets... You're looking at probably like what, eight and eight, seven and nine with the Jets. The Dolphins, they're still rebuilding. We don't know how two is gonna be. So you're probably looking at seven and eight or seven and nine, six and ten with Dolphins and New England. Who knows what's gonna happen with New England this year? They're my losers. The loser of the AFC East is the New England Patriots. And I think it's by design. The Patriots have the hardest schedule based on 2019 opponent win percentage. Looking at the Patriots schedule, they don't have better weapons than any team that they play this season. I honestly could see them going into their week six by winless. 0-6 or 0-5 rather. Their first five games are at home against Miami, then in Seattle, then they play against the Raiders, and then they play in Kansas City. And then they go against the Broncos right after that. That's just a brutal way to start off your season. Then the week after their bye... They have to play the 49ers. The Patriots are going to get buried pretty early. And teams that get buried early, they tend to tank. They still have to play the Ravens, Texans, Cardinals, and Rams after their bye week. That's a brutal schedule. And if they finish anything above 3-13, and it's only because of Bill Belichick. I think with the early struggles... We're going to realize Jared Stidham isn't the guy. Belichick's going to realize that if he hasn't realized it already. And they're going to start tanking for Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. I think that's what they're going to do. AFC South. The AFC South is consistently one of the worst divisions in football. But it always seems to be an interesting one. Right now, I have to give the nod to the Tennessee Titans as the division champs. They made the AFC Championship last season. They have arguably the best running back in the NFL, Derrick Henry. It's hard to tell how much better they're going to be. They didn't really improve too much this offseason. Kind of just stayed the same. Gave Ryan Tannehill a massive contract. They have a somewhat tough schedule. They have to play teams like Baltimore. They're probably going to lose that game. Buffalo. Probably going to lose that game. But they're a solid all-around team. And probably the most well-rounded team in that division. If the Texans win, it's only because of Deshaun Watson. And the Colts have a big question mark at quarterback in Phillip Rivers. We don't know how he's going to be in a new system. And we don't know if he has anything left in the tank. So right now, Tennessee Titans are my AFC South champs. Picking the loser in this division was a lot easier than picking the winner. The loser of the AFC South is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sorry, Jags fans, but your team is looking to rebuild. Traded away AJ Boye, Calais Campbell. 
This year, they are going to try and find out early if Gardner Minshew is their quarterback of the future. And if he struggles out of the gate, I believe they're another team that will tank for Trevor Lawrence. The problem with Jacksonville is not Minshew. They don't have a lot of weapons around him. DJ Chark is a nice wide receiver with potential, but their best offensive player is probably Leonard Fournette, and they tried to trade him. He also doesn't seem like a very good teammate to me. He was just recently pushing for the team to sign Cam Newton and give up on Gardner Minshew. You don't say that about your franchise quarterback. You're supposed to support him. He's the leader of your team. He's supposed to be the guy you look forward to being around and getting chemistry with because he does hand you the ball at the end of the day. But overall, Jacksonville seems like a messy situation right now. And I could see them potentially tanking once they realize their playoff hopes are gone. Now we're going out west to the AFC West. Obviously, the winner of this division is the Chiefs. Defending Super Bowl champs, they have Patrick Mahomes, who's the best player every single time he's on the field. He's absolutely unstoppable. There's nothing like him. They also have 20 of 22 starters coming back from the Super Bowl team last season to play this season. And they got more depth at the running back position by selecting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round. But the road isn't going to be an easy one. It's not going to be easy for Kansas City this year. They play in a tough division. And they also need to play the tough NFC South with New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Atlanta. All these teams, they're tough teams. They also have games against Houston and Baltimore. I say the Chiefs go 11-5 and win the AFC West. The loser of this division is a tough one. Of all these teams, there's just one that just doesn't seem to have as much talent right now as the other ones. That's the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders don't have as many weapons as their division rivals do. They also have a rough start to the season, playing teams like Carolina, Buffalo, New Orleans, and Kansas City, which are all teams that I think are better than them. Derek Carr is also under a lot of pressure this season. He needs to elevate his team, because if not, he might be on his way out of Las Vegas next season. I say 5-11 for the Las Vegas Raiders this season in their inaugural season in Las Vegas. 5-11. That's what I say. Now that the AFC is out of the way, it is time for the NFC. Starting with the NFC North. Right now, I'm going with Green Bay. Yes, I loved Minnesota's draft, but I feel like they've just lost too many pieces to instantly replace. They also lost their offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski. He is now the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Hard to replace that. Green Bay also has one thing that nobody else in this division has, and that's, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Mostly every team in this division is mediocre, but only one team has a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and that's the Green Bay Packers. So for that... They are instantly favorites to win the division. Looking at their schedule, it's not easy. They have to play the NFC South. I say 10-6 and six for the Packers, and that will win the NFC North this season. The loser of this division is going to be 
Chicago. I understand Detroit isn't much better, but Stafford is honestly a borderline elite quarterback when healthy, and the Lions weren't looking too bad last season before he got hurt. The Lions also had a great draft. I really love them picking DeAndre Swift out of Georgia in the second round. He's really going to provide much-needed help to that backfield that Matt Stafford honestly hasn't had in a while. So the Lions, they aren't looking too bad going into next season, I don't think. But the Bears, they are. They're, they're looking really bad. I understand that the, that the defense is great, but no defense is great if it's on the field for too long. I don't have a crystal ball, but if I did, I'm sure it would predict a lot of three and outs for the Chicago Bears offense this season. Also, they're the least secure team out of the quarterback position in this whole division by far. M- Mitch Trubisky is the worst quarterback in the NFC North, without a doubt. And his team has basically given up on him, declining his, his fifth-year option. Nick Foles isn't too much better either. Outside of one good regular season and one magical postseason run in Philly, he hasn't shown us anything to believe he's more than just a really good backup quarterback. He hasn't been consistent, especially outside of Philadelphia. He's looked awful outside of Philadelphia. The schedule gets tough for Chicago too. And it gets, gets tough pretty fast. Starting in week four, they have to play Indianapolis, Tampa, Carolina, the Rams, the Saints, Tennessee, and Minnesota. All this before their bye week in week 11. After the bye week, they play Green Bay, Houston, Minnesota, and Green Bay again. That's tough. That's really, really tough. I say that the Bears, they go 4-12. Four and, four and, and they are also a team... That may be in the Tank for, Trevor, Tank for Trevor sweepstakes, in my opinion. Next division, NFC East. Easily, the NFC East is one of the weakest divisions in football. This one really came down to two teams, Philly or Dallas. I think Philly has a better quarterback, but I feel as if Dallas has the better all-around team or complete team. And looking at their schedules... The Eagles play most of their tough games on the road. They have to travel to San Francisco and then from San Francisco to Pittsburgh one week. That's never easy, going from West Coast back to East Coast in one week. It's, that's hard to do. Plus, those are two solid teams. Those are going to be hard matchups for them. Then they also have to go to Cleveland and Green Bay in the wintertime. And that's never easy with how cold it gets there. It's never easy to play in the cold especially on the road, because you don't have any energy. You just traveled. It's cold. It's not a whole lot of fun. So the winner of this division will be the Dallas Cowboys. They have the most complete team, and they don't need to travel nearly as much as Philadelphia has to. I see the Cowboys going 10-6 and this season. They play most of their hardest games at home, and they also have a talented football team. Dak is out for vengeance this season. He's going to show that he's worth big bucks, big dollar bills this season. The loser has to be the Washington Redskins. I'm sorry to all my listeners who are Buckeyes fans, Redskins fans, or Haskins supporters, but I really just don't see anything from him that makes me believe he is going to become a career starting quarterback in the NFL. I know I'm hard on him, but that's just how I see it. 
I see more promise in Daniel Jones and the Giants, who also have a genera generational talent in Saquon Barkley. The Redskins are a team that is going to get buried early. They start off the season at home against Philly. Then they travel to Arizona. So that's East Coast to West Coast. Hard to do. Then the next week, they have to go to Cleveland. Then they come back home to play the Ravens and the Rams. That's such a slap in the face to start your season. And as a young team, that's going to hurt your confidence. I think they're going to start off the season 0-5. And there's basically no coming back from that. Looking at the Redskins' schedule, they aren't better than anyone they play. I say they split a game with the Giants. And they can beat Cincinnati, maybe Detroit, or Carolina. But even those, they'd be upsets. My prediction? 3-13 and for the Redskins. Trevor Lawrence? Might be headed to D.C. Now this division is stacked. The NFC South. Will it be New Orleans or will it be Tampa? That's really what it's coming down to. I think Tampa's going to win this division. I know I ranked New Orleans higher in my power rankings. But both teams, they're going to be potential Super Bowl contenders regardless of who wins the division. But New Orleans has a brutal stretch in Week 12 to finish the season. They have to go to Denver, then go to Atlanta. Then they travel to Philly the next week. And then they come back home to play Kansas City. And then they play Minnesota on a short week. That's tough. That's a really, really hard way to enter the postseason. Tampa Bay, they don't have it that tough on their schedule. And, and for that, I think they're going to be NFC South champs. The Falcons, they're going to finish last in this division. They've got, they've got it really, really tough this season on the schedule. They have the hardest schedule based on their opponent's projected win percentage for this 2020 season. Their divisional opponents are just better than they are. I think they'll split a game with Carolina, win against Chicago and Detroit, and maybe beat Las Vegas. I predict 5-11 for the Atlanta Falcons this season. Dan Quinn is on the hot seat. Now, the NFC West, the final division. The NFC West champion is going to be the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson is the second best quarterback in this league. And we need to respect him like he is. They are getting Chris Carson back healthy. That backfield is going to be healthy again. They're not going to need to rely on Marshawn Lynch anymore. Plus, I think Chris Carson is a pretty underrated running back, in my opinion. I think he is. I also like DK Metcalf going into his second season. Showed a lot of promise last season. And he was a really good wide receiver for Russell Wilson. I think that he's going to be his favorite target by the end of the season. They start off the season with some very winnable games as well. Their first four weeks are against Atlanta, New England, Dallas, and Miami. It's always nice to get into a rhythm to start the season. I predict 12-4 for Seattle this season, especially if that backfield stays healthy. I think that they could have they could have made a they could have made a, a deep playoff run last year had that backfield have been healthy, but it wasn't. And if it stays healthy, I think they could do it again this year. Last place in this division is probably going to finish seven and nine. This division, it's a good one. Right now, I'm actually going to go with the Rams. I know Arizona has not really proved anything, but honestly, neither have the Rams without Gurley. And now Brandon Cooks is gone too. Arizona is a, is a team that's trending upwards. While 
The Rams, they're trending downwards. The Cardinals also have more win winnable games earlier than the Rams do. That can help a young team boost their confidence early, get them a lot of energy. They want to play. I see the Rams finishing last place in the division with a 7-9 record. They're still going to be a tough team to beat. No slouches. But they're in a tough division, and they have a tough schedule. So for that, I say 7-9 for the Rams this season. That's going to be last place in the NFC West. So that's it, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening and or watching now. Please make sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you may be listening or watching. And make sure to come back next week for the next episode. Thank you.